moral of the story is I chose a half measure when I should have gone all the way. I'll never make that mistake again. No more half measures, Walter. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And after four years, the first time in this podcast history, Dave Gettleman is no longer the Giants GM. He, in quotation marks, retired, but it was a forced retirement. And Joe Judge is staying, but with a question mark. I'm pretty confident Joe Judge is staying. We're going to go through all of that. Justin, the season ended. It was a very bad season for this Giants team. 4-13 and 13 overall. Didn't go the way it wanted for a numerous uh, reasons. But the reason, the main reason why this Giants team, after four years, is not a good team is because of Dave Gettleman. And he is gone, and that is a good thing. There's a lot of things that are annoying me right now with the Giants organization. But the fact that he is gone, although late, two years too late, it is a good thing. Yeah, hi, hi, Bobby Skinner. Um, in a vacuum, today is a good day. Monday, January tenth, two thousand twenty-two. It it's a good day. Um, it is a celebration worthy of getting Dave Gettleman out of the building. I know, I know. I, I see you on the other end of the Zoom call, and you're 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 want you're wanting a button already. But really, like I said, in in a vacuum, it is a good day. We got through the season. Um, you know, I think April 26, 2018, along with signing Nate Solder, <laughs> those those two moves of drafting Saquon Barkley on that day and then signing Nate Solder, I mean, those two moves are the epitome of, I think, the failure of this tenure. Um, and those are two moves that have very much still impacted us where we can look at the years 2020 and then especially 2021 and be like, well, what are... What are some of the main reasons why the Giants aren't competing? It's because of the lack of good football players that we got out of the years 2018 and 2019. And, you know, it could it's the, the flawed mentality has continued the last two years, but Dave Gettleman should have been fired for his two worst years. And he finally, two years later and two years late, he was. See, I just don't view this as a good day because I I am pissed off today at the way the Giants are handling things. This Joe Judge situation has went from bad to worse because of the way John Mayer has handled it. Um, you know, there's you know talks about like, hey, Ke- John Mayer would like Kevin Abrams to probably be the next guy in line, but he knows that he can't. So it's like his his thinking is still wrong, but he's it's fan backlashes. Yeah, is what's keeping him from doing something like that. Thank God. You know, yeah. <laughs> thank thank God for fan backlash. So. I am very frustrated at the way that John Mayer is handling this and, and the Joe Judge situation. Um, you know, we talked about it on Friday. Like, do we think Joe... I said I would be shocked if Joe Judge was uh, was uh, not the head coach on Monday. Now, he's still here, but the way they've handled it has went from... You didn't hear anger in my voice on the Friday pod. I, I'm, I'm angry. I am angry at the way this has been handled. Um, so... But I do think we should go through Dave Gettleman and talk about that. You know, we don't need to go crazy and beat a dead horse about Dave Gettleman. Yeah. But th- this is what I I look at at Dave Gettleman. First of all, your record says is who you, is what it is. Nineteen and forty six over four four seasons. That's pathetic. That is pathetic, pathetic, pathetic. But it's it's deeper than that, Justin. It is deeper than that because in his opening press conference, 
He said there's four. His he showed his vision in four things. So we got to fix the offensive line. I get we have to fix the offensive line. We got to rush the passer. We got to run the ball and we got to stop the run. And he really went all about those those visions the wrong way. He talked about fixing the offensive line. After four years, you have one, maybe two pieces in Nick Gates uh, for this offensive line. Like Andrew Thomas is your only real like confident piece going. And even Nick Gates, if he, if he didn't get injured, he's a good offensive lineman who would be a part of the future and, and a big part of this team. You got lucky with him. He was an undrafted free agent. He's an undrafted free agent. You got lucky with him. If Nate Solder and Mike Remmers never get, or if Nate Solder and Kevin Zeitler never get hurt, uh, uh, or sorry, Mike Remmers and Kevin Zeitler never get hurt in 2019, Nick Gates is not a part of this offensive line. They had to force him into play. He was he was the best offensive line I mean, on that team after Kevin Zeitler sitting on the bench the entire year. Again, four of your five stars are bad football players, and depth is a part of that. Depth is a part of that. You banked on guys like Matt Parrott, who didn't even start a game, and he lost the job out to Nate Solder, a washed-up version of Nate Solder, which, again, like you said, is the second-worst move of his career. Your three depth guys were added with less than a week left before the season started. You traded a decent rotational piece in B.J. Hill in a seventh-round pick for an expiring contract of a bad player in Billy Price. And not a, oh, maybe he can get better. Like, he's a bad player. Second-best player on this offensive line currently, but a bad player. Even and make I don't the want to hear about retirements, by the way, too. I don't want to hear about retirements because odds are Joe Looney would have been a worse football player than Billy Price or Ben Agreed. Bredesen, Matt Score, right? I think it would have been worse because if this dude was contemplating retirement to begin with, I think he maybe wasn't in the best of shapes. Jonathan Harrison, again, a guy that was released, a guy that was cut, didn't work out. He was our first free agent signing, but he was like a futures free agent signing. He was signed before the month of March. So I don't want to hear... Money too. I don't want to hear retirement and guys just didn't work out or injuries with the offensive line because the guys that they had set in stone to begin with, including Zach Fulton too. Zach Fulton guy, couldn't I, even beat out Kenny Wiggins, who no. was like the worst offensive lineman I've ever seen in like preseason action in some time. Yeah. So I don't want to hear about retirements and, oh, just think things didn't shake out right in the offensive line. You have a full gripe with the injuries on the offensive line, but it's also on the general manager to get the depth. And if there's one place where you do want to have depth, I would say it's offensive line room and the cornerback room. And they certainly have it in the cornerback room, but offensive line, probably more important, they failed. Failed, 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 failed. They added Matt Skura, who was cut by a Miami Dolphins team with a bad offensive line. He was at his... You, you did a pick swap with the Ravens, 63 total spots. That's before comp picks even come to play for, for the fourth, for the third and fourth round. Ben Bredesen couldn't even beat out Will Hernandez for the worst year of his career or Matt Scura. Ben Bredesen couldn't he, even beat out Matt Scura. Yeah. Like, he, so, Will Hernandez gets hurt against Washington week 18, and Ben Bredesen comes in. I'm like, why is he coming in now? He should have been starting over Scura. <laughs> they made three real investments in the offensive line nate solder was a as a was a bad decision like that's like you don't need hindsight to say that that no. was a bad decision will hernandez you're using hindsight but it, it was it was bad and going into year four with him expecting him to you know be the you know, second best offensive lineman or third best offensive lineman was a bad thought process trusting that matt parrot was just gonna become better is it's crazy it is crazy to go into year two with no, with really no Matt like pair like reps. He got spot reps in twenty twenty, and just be like, "Hey, 
It's either you or Nate Solder. And this is after four years. This isn't yeah. year two when you're having this issue. This is after four years when it's just like, it looks like you didn't even care about the offensive yeah. line, let alone be bad at the ones you did get. It's been four years of just hoping. Oh, I hope Eli still has a step. I hope Saquon Barkley can get healthy and somehow carry this team. I hope the we hope the offensive line can come through. We hope that there's a pass rush. Like again, we even talked we talked about the edge room a lot during the regular season. We were I'm hoping we were hoping that Lorenzo Carter. Or you did talk about pass rush. Maybe that could be a transition. We were hoping that Lorenzo Carter can come back from a torn Achilles. And outside of uh, you know uh, the last four games of the season, thirteen games. Uh, he was nothing. He was uh, he wasn't even a player on this football team. O'Shane Zimenez, how pathetic! He has been a healthy scratch for half the season, and this is a guy where Dave Gunnelman sits in front of a microphone and says, "We feel good about these guys coming back from injuries, and we feel like they can be good." Quincy Roche, who was cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers from camp, he is your like second best edge rusher this year. That is insane. That is insane. It is insane. It is insane. It is insane. So again, it is just it has been four years of just, well, as Giants fans, we're not gonna see any progress. Well, we just have to hope that things can turn around very quickly. And it just shows again the lack of the bad process of they're reacting based off of what what they hope to happen, not actually like result-driven analysis of what players can actually give you. Or investments. Investments. Let's talk investments. like you said, you mentioned yeah. rushing the passer. Well, let's talk about why they can't rush the passer. Well, because you didn't invest in it. Your only real investment on the edge group was Aziz Ojolari, who, again, in the fourth year of this of this process, is a second-round rookie who has a ceiling probably as a number two rusher. That's your only real investment. I don't view like Lorenzo Carter, O'Shane Zimenez draft picks as like real investments in the edge room. Like the likelihood that those guys are going to be top-notch pass rushers is not is just not realistic. Like the, and your defensive coordinator tried to be a blitz and be aggressive to start this season, but they couldn't even get there when they were blitzing. So Patrick Graham had to go back into the bend don't break defense. They wanted to blitz and play man. That's why they played Denver. And they're like, we can't even we can't get to the quarterback when we blitz. This is insane. And it wasn't like they were playing against Lamar Jackson. They're playing against Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Gloves. So again, and looking back at it, was trading Jason Pierre-Paul the right move in a vacuum? Yes, it was because yes. you were rebuilding. But to trade Jason Pierre-Paul and essentially take that draft capital and trade for the contract of Alec Ogletree is no. That's dumb. You, you basically, you essentially, uh, I know the one was a fourth round pick and one was a third round pick, but you you pick swap with the Bucks as well. You essentially traded Jason Pierre-Paul for Alec Ogletree. Like, let alone that one is just a superior player to the other, but positional value of rushing the passer versus an off-ball linebacker. It's not just like, oh man, you tried and you whiffed. Like they didn't, they didn't invest in rushing the passer. Right. I mean, I mean, their best pass rusher is a defensive tackle in Leonard Williams, who the way they got him is maybe one of the most flawed processes of doing anything. Even though he's a good player, um, even though he might he might come up in the awards uh, and maybe not in in a not bright way, which I'm excited for that episode. But like the like the process of getting Leonard Williams is probably the most flawed thought process process besides the Saquon pick in the last four years yeah and, and he was and now he has a 27 million dollar cap hit next year and he may and his contract may may need to be renegotiated again he's not worth that uh, I, I don't I don't know if anybody I don't, I don't know if there's not a lot of players in the NFL that are worth 27 million dollars if you're if you're not a quarterback top tier wide receiver just top tier we're going to talk about Leo on the awards episode yeah we'll, um, we'll talk about so it. I'm, I'm say, I have takes on it I'm gonna I want to save it 
And then he said he wanted to run the ball and stop the run. Well, guess what? Your def- your run defense this year was ranked 24th in the NFL. And your way of running the ball was drafting a running back number two overall. You could have taken the the, the Jets trade. They offered it to the for the third pick. You could have gotten that same package. You could have went and built the offensive line, getting a got of Quentin Nelson. And you drafted a running back second overall. Who, and by the way, this generational running back is was had less yards per carry, the same amount of yards as Devontae Booker on the same on 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 more carries. By the way, Booker out received him too on one less catch. Oh, really? Three point seven yards per carry. The twenty fourth ranked rushing offense. And, you know, we don't need to beat like you know the drum on this, but like the Saquon pick is by far the biggest flaw of the and it's Dave not Gettleman just era. about Saquon it's not and that's the whole point that people have for have missed throughout the years what would you have to do Darnold Rosen blah 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 blah, blah. like it, that's not the point it's the process of which how the Giants go about their business you take a quarterback then you find out the quarterback's terrible and then you can restart again and you can be back in that same spot you were just one or two years ago when you find out that that quarterback's bad, right? Or you trade he, down. Here's the thing. Or you, or you trade down, you invest in further capital, and you invest in your team further further that way. Instead, the reasoning was, this running back makes your offensive line better, which, I mean, I can't... How, how, how much has that been proven wrong, whether it's by logic or analytics, right? You know, you don't you don't need to have much of a, of a big brain to say an offensive line is the thing that mostly drives rush running back production. He makes the quarterback better. He makes the defense better. So why I partially don't have a voice is uh, week 18 against Washington. I was yelling and screaming about Saquon Barkley touched by the hand of God. <laughs> it was just so, and it's not his fault. It's not his fault, but that is the one move where either you screw up that 2018 number two pick and then you can reset and rebuild even further or you invest in rebuilding and then we have more resources, more capital for 2019, 2020, et cetera, et cetera. But instead they just lost everything. I actually disagree with that take though because if you miss on Saquon, if you miss on Saquon and Rosen, you miss. Unless you're the Cardinals who, you know, do the, you know, where they like, which essentially never happens. Like that, that, and the Giants wouldn't have done that, by the way. Like, well, they did Sam miss Donald, on Saquon. Josh Rosen. But here's my point: is that because I, I don't believe in taking a quarterback in if you don't believe in them. So the Giants clearly didn't believe in one of those quarterbacks. Maybe Eli had more influence. No, I'm on not that, saying they, to take a quarterback to take a quarterback. But let's just um, people have always said, well, what would what would you you have done? So let um, hypothetically, you take not draft Donald, a running back, trade back, pick a correct, different. Correct. That's the point. But that's what I'm saying. People don't understand that because they just liked Saquon but I but when people say like oh well you could have drafted a bad QB and found out he's bad I actually don't like if you miss on QB you miss like that's it's it's not Madden like your job is is based on the QB spot and we'll we'll go quickly through the draft Um, but again we everyone is kind of at this point with Saquon and then so I just want to do this quick talk about just the draft like how is he as a drafter round one has to be hit Saquon is a horrible pick and right now he's not even a good player like for all the reasons we just mentioned I don't care where you are on the Daniel Jones argument. No one says his fifth-year option should be picked up. So that is a miss right now. Dexter Lawrence has a decent floor, but he's not an impact player. He's not. He is not an impact player. He's a solid player. He's not an impact player. DeAndre Baker, you'd moved up seven spots, traded a fourth and fifth round pick. 
he's not a good player. He was a lazy person, and then he got in trouble with the law, even though it's free DeAndre Baker in these parts. Andrew Thomas, amazing, and Kadarius Tony is a to-be-decided. Like, um, I know people have the strongest takes in the world on Tony, but it's not like Tony was playing at DeAndre Baker's level. When Tony played, he was good. If he can stay healthy, he'll be good. If he can't, it won't, obviously. But So Kadarius Tony is a, is a to-be-decided. And then rounds three through seven. Again, through four years, like, you should have some big hits from there. I'm not saying that, oh, why don't we have, you know, Max Crosby. I'm not going to play that game. Like, why didn't we draft Max Crosby? But after four years, you should have some big hits from rounds three through seven. And here's here's the the the, the decent hits from that. Lorenzo Carter, he's not going to be back probably next year. And even if he is, like, he's not a starter. Darius Slayton, who won't be a starter next year probably. Julian Love, a backup. And Tate Crowder, who might not be, even be a starter last year. And they even drafted TJ Brunson over Tate Crowder. If they didn't have the Mr. Irrelevant pick, Tate Crowder wouldn't have been there because they thought TJ Brunson was a better player. You wasted a pick on a guy like Kyle Laletta. Like, he didn't hit in the draft. He got some solid players here and there, but he didn't hit in the draft besides, right now, Andrew Thomas and Xavier McKinney. Those are... Am, am I missing anybody else? Maybe Kadarius Tony And Aziz. Aziz we can count as a hit, even though you know, I don't think any of us expect him to be some amazing... He's just a good player. And then in the, the cap space, the Giants had the fifth least projected cap. You had to restructure guys over 10-plus to- uh, times this year. You just couldn't feel the full roster in the last year. He had three spending sprees in four years. Like this, this team's best players are built on free agency. Built on free agency on a team that's supposed to be rebuilding. Re- you had three spending sprees in four years. And here's what bothers me most about Dave Gettleman just as a person the most. And we, then we can probably get on to some judge stuff. What pisses me off, the one thing that maybe makes me the most mad about Dave Gettleman, and I know people aren't going to like this take, it is that in 2019 with three weeks left to save his ass, he went to John Mara and threw Pat Shermer under the bus. Now you're saying, well, Pat Sherman's a bad coach. He deserved to be fired. You're right. But there is no way in hell that Pat Sherman should have walked out that uh, building without Dave Gellman by his side. Yep. And Dave Gellman threw him under the bus. Which, if you ask me who do I want out of those two, I'm taking Pat Sherman 10 times out of 10. He developed the QB that, he, that you drafted him. He had us excited about a QB that people hated that pick. Yep. I mean, hated that pick. And by the end of the year... We were saying we're sorry to Daniel Jones. So he was worried more about job security and playing John Mayer than he was about building long-term success for the New York Giants. Yep. I think we just spent 15-ish minutes ripping most of his major decisions apart and his philosophy and counter-arguing what he said, which, I mean, it's not hard to do. Um, we probably we probably didn't rip, enough, rip him enough, and we probably aren't emotional about it enough. That's why I started off the show saying today's a good day. Yet he got to retire. He got to finish the season. He got to take pictures with his family uh, before the game, which apparently I think he did that every year at the end of every year. And the joke that I told someone, somebody told me that, I said the joke back, well, maybe he thought he was getting fired every single year. So (laughs) that's why he took pictures with his family. So he got literally the same exact treatment as Tom Coughlin did. Except Tom Coughlin had to stand in front of a podium and resign and retire, so to speak. And I to counter he, that, Tom was saying goodbye to us, though. We love uh, Tom. I, I like know that was a good we did. I wouldn't want to say goodbye. We wanted to say goodbye to Tom. I know. But the fact that that memory of him walking by John Mara, which I, I love that, by the way, I think I, I watched it. About, nasty, baby. That was just up on my Facebook memories like uh, 
Love you, Thug Nasty. Quote tweeting that. Or I watched, Facebook I, I watched it about it. 20 times this week. But you know the fact that we have that memory, and it's just a sickening memory. It's sickening memory. To, uh, Ring of Honor member Tom Coughlin, two-time Super Bowl champion, guy who brought this franchise back to glory. Football hero. And Dave Gettleman gets the same treatment as he does. Well, if you want to bet the giant over the under on the Giants over under, you probably can do it with DraftKings. The NFL playoffs are here, baby. NFL dra- and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56. Is that going to be in Texas or in LA? New customers can get 50, uh, 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 and and Oh, see, that's why I was like, that doesn't, I, I almost said it wrong. 280 and free bets in your in your team, if your team is victorious. I was about to say 280 and three, but it's 280 in free bets. That's right. Bet just $5 in any NFL playoff game and DraftKings Sportsbook will give new customers an additional $280 in free bets. Not three bets, free bets. If the team they choose win their game. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, it's in New York. You still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total uh, prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Can we, uh, editor's note to the, can we put the when the numbers in numbers and not letters? Bet just $5 with 280 and, it, it's really screwing me up. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. Just use numbers and it's all caps. That's promo code JOHNBOY at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. What happened to the hotline? Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, one 800 with it. Yeah, the hotline's not there. I remembered it. I remembered it like the back of my hand. I didn't even have it pulled up. And I usually read the DraftKings ad. That's pretty good. That's pretty good on you, kid. I'm the producer. Um, I get I nothing. I just nothing called gets by you me. kid like I'm Dave Gettleman. Very patronizing. Very, very condescending. Yeah. Um, nothing gets by me. I'm the best producer at John Boy Media. All right. Now I'm going to get pissed off. This is pissed off, Bobby. Now this John Mara is screwing up this Joe Judge stuff like crazy, doing this long, drawn out process. Why has the decision not been made? And we're going to we're going to tear it up because I do not think the GM is making the decision. He may make the decision. But I think it's it's kind of like there's going to be bias in it. There's going to be a guy trying to get a job, and the fact that he, let's be, let's keep it real. If Joe or if John Mayer wanted Joe Judge fired, he'd be fired. He would be fired. The longer it goes out, the better chance of Joe Judge keeping his job. And I believe Joe Judge is essentially staying. The players in the locker room, not just from their press conferences, from talking to them, they believe he's staying. I mean, I you know we have a, like I don't know like seven to ten players that we talk to. Um, Reached out to them and I like talked about it and they're like, oh, like you think Joe Judge like they would they were like didn't even know what I was saying when I thought of you know mentioned the possibility of of Joe Judge being fired. They don't think he's gone. I don't think he's gone. But here's the thing that pisses me off: How was this decision not made? You had 33 games to figure this out. 33 games to figure this out. I know Sunday was bad. The freaking QB sneak pissed me off like crazy. Might be the thing that pissed me off the most about Joe Judge. But how does a Jake Fromm start have any impact on what happened the 32 games before that? How? How does that have any impact on bringing that man back or not? 
And 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 what people say, well, what the press conference that changed things. And I said this in the video earlier. You know what happened since that press conference? Seven days. Seven days to make this decision. This decision should be made. This decision should be made. And the only way it isn't made is if the GM that you think is the best comes in and says, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But here's what the thing that pissed him off is Joe Judge should be gone. We're going we're gonna to tie a head coach who hot seat went from hot to on fire because Joe, because John Mara and his little sources dangle Joe Judge above the fire and they're continuing to do it when you're listening to this podcast. They continue to dangle him in front of the fire. His the pressure on him is going to be unbelievably hot. And that's why you that's why I think that he wants Kevin Abrams as the to be the GM even though Kevin Abrams won't be the GM. It's cuz he realized like this this is it. I'm never going to get a hood coaching gig. I need to get myself another year because he believes in what he's doing. You know, we may not, but he believes in what he's doing. And he, you know, so now we're going to get a brand new GM and we're going to talk about how it affects the search, whether it's, it's told that Joe judge is being brought back or, or it's left in the GM's hands. But you have this guy's seat so freaking hot. If he's brought back with a brand new GM going into an important draft where you have five picks in the top 100, two picks in the top uh, seven, and we may have a GM and head coach who aren't fully aligned. And you can say to me, well, guess what? The GM's going to make the decision on Joe Judge. Well, guess what I was told for two years? Joe Judge makes the decision on his offensive coordinator. But we know damn well he didn't. And I don't think John Mayer said flat out, you have to make Joe J- J- Jason Gay your offensive coordinator. But he was basically told. No, I think we need to do this. The first year and the second year, Joe Judge wanted Jason Garrett fired. So you were making the same stupid mistake. And this is what we were saying for on the mailbag pause for the last three weeks. Is that John Mayer always does one thing that screws everything up. And it is this. It is tying Joe Judge to a new GM. Now, listen. If this was Joe Judge's third year and this was a GM we hired two years ago, third year... I could get behind Joe Judge being brought back. I'd probably want to move on from both of them at the, the state of this team right now. But to screw up this cycle again is unreal. And I don't want to hear about one year, like what's it, what's the, you know, what's it hurt to do it? This this off season is so important with this draft. Yeah, they need to be on the same page and not just like, hey, they get along, but they don't see eye to eye on everything. And again, maybe they get Joe Shane. And it's a great fit, which I think Joe Shane and Joe Judge actually probably would be a good fit. So it's not to say that all is totally lost, but doing this this way screwed up. Because guess what, Joe Shane would be uh, would want. You know what Joe Shane would want? He may he may like Joe Judge. He may agree with him on stuff. They may see eye to eye. But you know who I, also Joe Shane would uh, understand and see eye to eye with the head coach that he got to hire without any pressure from the John John Mara saying, hey, this is who are the head coaches right now. What do you think about this guy? Because I promise you, whether it's the right guy or not, whoever the GM is hiring their own head coach, they're going to want that guy. They're not going to hire him because John Mara said. They're going to want, they're going to hire that coach because he wants him. Whether it's Kevin O'Connell or Brian Flores or Josh McDaniels or whoever, they would, they would, they would probably prefer to hire their own coach even if they do see eye-to-eye with Joe Judge and don't hate him. The Vikings and the Bears made key decisions on their franchise weeks ago. The Vikings, who barely missed the postseason this year and who are in the postseason hunt every single year, most likely made a decision on Mike Zimmer the second that they were mathematically eliminated or they knew whenever they were mathematically eliminated from playoff contention that both Mike Zimmer was going to be gone and the GM was going to be gone. You don't think Mike Zimmer 
a, a pretty uh, head coach who has a record about 20 games above 500 throughout all of his years of being a head coach, you don't think that maybe he would deserve the right for a new GM to come in and then evaluate evaluate the state of the head coach and if they want to work with him or not? The Bears with a new quarterback. Now, Matt Nagy has not been very good. Matt Nagy should have been, should have been fired last year. Matt Nagy has postseason appearances. This is keeping Matt Nagy with Justin Fields. And it's like what everyone knows he's going to be fired. They fired Ryan Pace. They fired Matt Nagy, GM and head coach at the same time. Two football teams who you can argue dysfunctional, not as dysfunctional as the Giants. Bears are a little bit closer. But two football teams who had every reason to not get off cycle or, or yeah, to, not, to stay, yes, to not get off cycle and to keep one or the other, but they did it. What has Joe Judge proven? Joe Judge has not done enough. What is what has Joe Judge proven? Every single thing has gotten worse from this year. The only thing that has gotten better is in DVOA, which that's like a power ranking that I like to look at based off of efficiency. Efficiency power rankings. The only thing that got better is the defense went from 19th in 2020 and they went from 18th in 2021. That is the only thing that has gotten better. Explosive play rankings. Everything has gotten worse, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Efficiency metrics, it is so much worse on the offensive side of the ball. And here's how much worse it is. 25th in 2020, 31st in 2021. So yeah, it is a lot worse. But you want to know what? It's not that much worse. So what What has he done? What's the Besides thinking pre during the interview process in 2020, thinking that this guy is Bill Parcells, thinking that you got your Parcells, what has he actually done to convince you that he should stay? Well, here's the thing. I do think Joe Judge got screwed. You know, no, he did. Like, I, the, like Absolutely injuries did. totally screwed him. And you mentioned like the offense of rankings and stuff. And Jason well, Garrett, those were a lot higher with him. with Daniel Jones. You know, and then they like they finally let him fire Jason Garrett, which he had wanted to do for a long time. And Daniel Jones gets hurt in the second play. Like these last. Now I don't think this roster is as bad as the last three weeks have said. And, and coaching comes into play with that, especially Freddie Kitchens, who will be gone. So. I do think Joe Judge got a raw deal on a lot of that stuff with the offense. He got screwed by John Mayer meddling. But at the same time, like we said, you can't let's don't make the same mistake you just did with Jason Garrett with Joe Judge and the next GM. You know, injuries did screw him. Because, you know, the in the last two weeks, our passing offense went from twenty first to thirty first. Like even four weeks of the backups, they were still ranked a twenty first passing offense. Yeah, I, I mean, I will, I will say from my not just from a yard standpoint because I don't think it's fully, it's fully helpful to look at yards per game and stuff like that. But you know, it basically was around where twenty twenty was, and then without Jones, it got to the Jacksonville Jaguars level. So there you go. I mean, Jones was averaging like two fifty per game. Like Jones was, you know, it doesn't matter, Bobby. It, when, it doesn't but when matter. Jones got or, hurt before you know, the Bucks game, we it was, it was we would say Jones has been pretty good. He has he's been. Kind of good, you know, like not like not like, oh, we're sold on him. Pick up the option. But like he's been kind of good. And then the Bucks game happened and then the injury happened after the Eagles game, which he played bad. Giants were top like, 10 in yards per drive towards the beginning part of the season. But they were still like bottom quarter in points and points per drive. It was the I agree. strangest and thing that's ever. that's why Jason Garrett should have been fired a, a long time before. And right. again, in- injuries got injuries did screw him. Um, and I, I was going to lead to my point to that. What the 
But here, but can I, can I, I, I want to expand. I mean, you already mentioned, you already did a good job on why, why was this decision not made? But we literally went from Sunday morning, people talked to me at the tailgate. Yeah, I'm 75, 25, judges staying. And then Sunday night, Jay Glazer, who Jay Glazer does not say things to say things. Jay Glazer and maybe somebody else is like, he may be out. And Jay Glazer was like 50 50 at 1 p.m. And then by the time 7 p.m., 8 p.m. rolls around, Jay Glazer's like, I'm kind of closer that Judge is going to be gone than, than stays. So kind of wipe away before. And th the anger that I have right now is just, again, process and not having your mind made up. And why Why is it now that you're going back and forth? So I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed and, and upset and angry by that. I'm not disappointed and angry necessarily that Judge is here because we knew that. But the back and forth wishy-washy, why, why is there, why, why the sudden doubt? If two weeks ago, if two weeks ago, Christmas time, around Christmas time, when Adam Schefter puts out that report that Judge and Jones are staying, but mainly Judge, that he puts out that report that Judge is staying, John Merritt thought that he, there's a part of him that still thought he had his, that he, that he had his Bill Parcells. But then a game with, you know, a couple games with Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon, that, that's going to change his mind on what he has that he that he doesn't have his parcels and not the entire body of work. That's going to be the thing that changes your mind. When I think John Mayer can't do anything dumber, he does. Like this handling of this situation, it's unbelievable. I would have rather it's, them it's just unreal. said. I would have rather them just say almost like what they're doing today. I would have rather them just say we're keeping him, and. I, I, that's what I, that's how I thought it was going to go down. And I wouldn't have been, so, and, I, and again, again, I'm sorry if you're not if they're on keeping Twitter, him. That's what they should have done, which uh, they're going to, they're going to keep him and they're not doing that. No, but I wish that there just wasn't the report. Cause and I'm not just, and I'm, these aren't just reports from people that no, they're, if Jay Glazer saying it, there was doubt in the building last night and then something happened. Yeah. Something happened where minds were changed. And now I guess he's safe. I would have rather it just be, you stay resolute, stay resolute. Joe Judge is staying, and that's what I thought was going to happen. And I would have been fine with that. I would have been so. I mean, I I don't want Judge to you be were, here, but I would it, have been fine with the reasoning. It turned a bad situation, which would have been keeping Joe Judge and bringing him with a, a, new, a brand new GM in a third year with his hot seat. It took that bad decision, and it's made it incredibly worse because yeah. you're doing this whole dog and pony show. You're embarrassing yourself, John Mayer. You're talking about one, not wanting to fi you know, fire uh, coaches every other year. This is embarrassing you way more than firing a coach every other every other year. When you think he can't get any dumber, he, he gets dumber. It's it's unreal how bad this is. And then um, rumors start to creep out that, oh, ju oh judge is meeting with the owners and uh, judge may stay, blah, 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 blah. So then the players speak, which I guess is routine. But why... Why is Dexter Lawrence, poor Dexter Lawrence, the first person to be asked about Joe Judge's job security? What, what a, what John, I'm, I'm, this is, that is the one situation where I'm like, John Mayer is a fraud, that he's putting his players out there. I don't care if it's routine. I don't care if it's routine. That's why thing. you should have this shit done by now. That, that, that's correct. You should have it done. John Mayer should have put out a statement or even uh, so, something. I don't know. Dexter Lawrence, Logan Ryan, and Daniel Jones should not be the, th the first three people that we hear from as Giants fans regarding Joe Judge's job security. I, I would hate that. You know, Jay Glazer reported that there was some uh, discomfort in the locker room. 
right? He reported, uh, there's some guys in the locker room that, that don't want him to be there. If I had to do that, I would want that guy gone. I am not responsible to comment on the shittiness of this organization. That's not my job. I would hate that. I hate that for those guys. Hate it. It's unreal. And and so we talk about all the cons. <clears throat> now, again, I do want to, you know, I think we do a good job of being balanced, you know, so it's not like, oh, let's just cuss out Joe Judge. Because I, I like you know, we have I, I we have been saying like he should Judge. be fired over half the season. You know, like for over half the season, me and you are both on the like he should be fired. What, you know, the GM cycle, the offense not producing. Yeah. We've both been on that. Now again, he got screwed. He got screwed by this giant. Like two things can be true at the same time. He got screwed by this Giants organization. If he's gone, that means Patrick Graham is probably gone. You know, um, at this point, in, I'm not. Injuries I'm not suck. Really the overall, about that. the overall personnel sucked. But here's here's the difference between Joe Judge and a guy like Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio's defense was balling, and his offense was mediocre with a mediocre at best QB. Most of the time, bad quarterback play. Joe Vic Fangio got a raw deal. Vic Fangio did what he was brought in to do. Joe Judge hasn't. We got excited about the 6-10 and 10 season. Things were on the up and up. This year, they get screwed by injuries, and they just fall apart, and then you fire Jason Garrett midseason, which even if it, even it being the 100% right decision, is it puts the pressure on you, and it's not a good look. And then Jones gets hurt, and you have an inoperable, inoperable offense. Like, for the last four games of the season, the, the first two games with Glennon, were bad, but they weren't as bad as these last four games. The last four games have been an inoperable offense with the guy in Mike Lennon who's been able to operate an offense for majority of his career, who put up you know twenty points over twenty points in like three of the six, three to five games he played last year. So again, personnel injuries screwed them. You know the offensive line screwed them, but Joe Judge didn't do enough to earn this ability to stay on with a new GM. Can we talk about how it affects the GM search? Yeah, I'm not now there may be some guys, but I also don't I'm not naive enough to think that Joe Judge being here makes guys be like, I don't want that job. Sorry, I'm not taking that job. There are two guys that I think it would. And uh, there are two guys that is on everybody's dream list that I don't even think are going to get interviews. Ed Dodds would not do it. And Joe Hortz, I'm with you in saying, why would somebody say no? to an opportunity to prove themselves, number one, but also a promotion and to make more money. And also, it still is the Giants. Whether you want to like it or not, it still is the New York football Giants. So those four things, why wouldn't somebody, especially going out there, proving yourself, turning around the Giants, and also more money. Like, you're you're going to be getting more money, you know, uh, as the Giants GM versus the assistant uh, director of player personnel or the VP of player personnel, right? You know, for, for the Cardinals. You know, there's somebody that we're interviewing. Adrian Wilson's coming from the Cardinals. Um, so that's, that's the bottom line. But those two guys, Joe Horitz on everybody's dream list, Ed Dodds, everybody's dream list, I don't even think they're going to get an interview. Okay, I agree. Will McClay has like turned down every you know interview he's ever gotten. So Jerry Jones kind of... will never let him leave as long as he's alive. Now, so I think you can get a really good GM candidate in the next week or two. I do. I really do. A guy like Joe Shane, Ryan Poles, whoever. I do. But here's the issue. Those guys want to get jobs. There's not a lot of GM openings this year. They're not stupid. They know that John Mayer wants to keep Joe Judge. John Mayer doesn't want to fire Joe Judge or else he would have fired Joe Judge. 
It's not John Mayer isn't not firing Joe Judge because he wants to let the next GM decide. John Mayer's keep not firing Joe Judge because he wants to keep Joe Judge. You don't think the new GM's going to come in even if he doesn't fully believe it? Like, yeah, I can work with Joe. And 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 even if it's on a one year tryout basis or, but that that is going like they're going to do that. You know, like we said, well, does Joe Shane probably want to get his own head coach? Yeah, but will he come in and say, yeah, I'll work with Joe? We we see eye to eye on things, and they may see eye to eyes. But that is going to and it's going to be a part of the bias, and that's gonna that's gonna help you know you know side that's gonna help John Mayer pick whoever, yeah. because John Mayer does not want Joe Judge fired, if unless like four you know four out of six or seven of the candidates come in and say absolutely not no Joe Judge, then Joe Judge is staying. Joe Judge is staying as the Giants head coach. There's still some chance that it's not, but they don't do this whole show. If they don't want Joe Judge as their head coach. John Mayer wants Joe Judge to be his head coach, and he will be his coach. Thank God they already ruled out Abrams. Thank God. For the dumbest reason, though. For stupid reason, because they know the fan base it, I mean, it just we, wouldn't we, be accepted. I mean, Paul Schwartz told us that weeks ago. So I'm not I'm not mad at I'm not I'm still mad at it, but I'm not mad at I'm it's not new mad. It's just old mad. Um <laughs> Thank God Abrams is out of here. So at least that aspect of it is not possible where somebody already in the building right i'm 70 30 i'm 70 30 70 thinking that judge is going to stay but there is 30 percent of me who thinks that john mara may be open to it if a new gm a new gm would have to blow him away similar to how joe judge blowed john mara away two years ago if he if he that's what she said he blowed the house down if he blew him away then maybe then I still think there is a a maybe. Um, the Giants sent out a so the Giants sent out a letter to the regular season ticket holders today, and um, I want to I want to find it and I want to read it because there's because there's a good excerpt of it. But it did not mention Joe Judge by name, and there's a key line that was said in there that I that I do want to read. So we envision a leader who displays a strategic long-term vision for our franchise, an excellent communicator and someone who will oversee our entire football operations, including player personnel, college scouting and coaching. If they're actually serious about that, then you would let that person fire Chris Pettit, get Chris Mara out of here, get Tim McDonald out of here, get everybody out of here that has nepotism and everybody who is going to make a Twitter account two months from now and then showcase that they're stupid on social media like Steven Verderosa. Steven Verderosa for GM. Let's just have it fun if we're going to be this bad. You're going to get Kevin Abrams out of here, even him, even though, like I said, you know, we talked about this week ago, eh, toss up. Kevin Abrams is one of those guys that j- just does what the GM tells him to do. And here you nav- you manage the cap like the, what the, how the GM tells you to do it. But it's like a guy like Chris Pettit that's actually feeding vital information that the GM needs. So that even includes Joe Judge. 30% chance of me that says it could happen if John Mayer is blown away. And if John Mayer says, okay, go do it. Because Joe Judge was not mentioned by name in that letter that was sent to regular season ticket holders. <clears throat> so I think Joe, I think John Mayer is hiding under the, disgu- the, the disguise of, oh, we're going to let the, the next GM decide. Um, but I'm at, I'm at 85-15 if we're doing these made-up percentages. Sure. Um, that judge is back. And, again, this is just this is just such an important offseason with this draft to to do this. It's frustrating. Uh, we're going to try to run it back like 2006. Ernie Acorsi retires. 
Tom Coughlin stays. <laughs> we hire a new GM. And we win the Super Bowl next year. That's exactly I, what we're I had do. some people in my mentions like, you probably want a Coughlin gone in 06. Like, well, f- first of all, I didn't. First of all, I was um, eight. Uh, <laughs> it was like, first of all, I didn't. And if you want to, like, and again, like, there's people who just bang the whole, you know, you know, sports radio or, you know, Twitter. Like, it's just, it's hysterics. You know, it's like Colin Gillespie gets signed before Kenny Galladay and people freaking out that it's a bad look. Like, no, it's not. This is free agency. This is how stuff works. You know, we, I think we try and do a good job as keeping level-headed. Um, but Tom Coughlin was, they were winning games, you know. Tom, the Giants in 2005? It's like when people compare Daniel Jones to Eli Manning. It's like, well, the difference is Eli Manning was in the playoffs, you know. Here's, here's what I would say. The Giants in 2005 had a top 10 scoring offense in the National Football League. They won 11 games. Double-digit games. And what I think was, I mean, I think the Eagles were still rocking and rolling at that time, right? Were the were the Cowboys, uh, Cowboys, I don't know if they were somewhat relevant, but, you know, they won 11 games. And Eli Manning's second year, after he looked really, really bad. Like, Eli looked bad his rookie year. Oh, yeah, it was horrible. You know, and then 2006, things don't necessarily go according to plan. You have that scumbag quitting Tiki Barber who admitted to quitting on WFAN, by the way. He admitted. He said, I quit. I quit. So you have distractions of even that. Shockey, um, you know, 2006 was the collapse with Vince Young and Matthias Kiwanuka and Plaxico Burris and Michael Strahan were going at it with each other. So, listen, you know, if if, if we were to flashback to, you know, whoo, go back to 2006 in a time machine, I'm looking at, hey, Tom Coughlin, I love offense, right? Tom Coughlin, top 10 offense in 2005. 2006, some things went wrong, fluky games. They've actually won football games. Let's run it back. They made the playoffs in 2006, right? Yeah. That's Tom Coughlin and Eli thing. Manning are great examples of, like, New York is just over-dramatic. Over Daniel Jones and Joe Judge aren't. They literally made yeah. they made the playoffs two out of their first three years, yet there was, oh, you want a Tom Coughlin gone and blah, blah, blah. He should have been gone. Meanwhile, we're debating the same thing about Joe Judge, and he's won and 10 games. And he's won 10 games in two years. Um. So this is just too um, too important to screw up. Do you want to? We're not going to do like our GM. Like this is what our candidates would be. But I guess can you just announce the, who they are and we can maybe give quick headers on it real quick. Yes, I do want to so, keep this pod under an hour. So let's do let's do this. Oh, one more point on Joe Judge on that. The longer this goes, the more ammo that Joe Judge has to point to on John Mayer. Because again. I know Joe Judge is the dumbest human being to ever walk Earth right now, but he does have ammo to go at John Mayer. The Jason Garrett, the Jason Garrett thing is almost enough alone to be like, "Look, you did this to me. You screwed me on this." Yes, I've said this on the show about if if you fired Jason Garrett at the beginning of last off season, and Joe Judge is able to bring in his own offensive coordinator, and they stink, they stink again this year, then there was. No question, undoubtedly, Joe Judge is fired. So that is, it, again, it is, it is John Mara meddling and John Mara looking himself in the mirror saying, I screwed this up again, and now I need to give this guy a shot. And that's why, like, we talk about Garrett, Garrett. Well, shut up about Garrett, Justin, Bobby. Well, that's why we talk about Garrett all the time, because it just boils down to the dysfunction that is this team. So um, here are the if, candidates if, that well, well, the Giants... I got some points, though. If I'm Joe Judge, I'm saying that. 
Uh-huh. I'm talking about, hey, look what me, look, look at, I have a defensive coordinator we work well with, and Patrick Graham. Look what we, look what we've done. Look, you just fired the GM. The personnel sucks, and they were ravished by injuries this year. Like I know people don't like hearing it, but the injuries do matter. So if I'm Joe Judge, the longer I can hit those points, plus all the stuff that we don't know that had you know John Mayer in love with the guy two and a half weeks ago before we had a press conference, that's the longer. The, basically, what my point is being is that Joe Judge is going to be back. Joe Judge is going to be the head coach next year. And Josina Anderson reported it that he's staying. You know, yeah. like Josina Anderson. Like the last time all the beat reporters told Josina Anderson she was wrong, Landon Collins walked. Um, so how about that? It it hurts to the mix that you know, regardless of what you think of her, it hurts to the mix of <laughs> like like Glazer when she says something, she's usually right. Yeah. All right. All so right. here's the Giants and, yeah, and jam like candidate so far. Go ahead. I said regardless of what you think of her, Giants jam candidate so far. I just wanted so to be far. known what I think of her. Yeah, you don't like her, Joe Shane. Bills is now. I'm reading it in in order. Nah, yeah. This is this is an order of the news that broke of who they're going to be interviewing. They're going to be interviewing Kevin Abrams, but he is not being considered for the job, which waste of time. Supposedly they might not even interview him now. No, oh, I thought they were. Joe Shane, Bills assistant GM, Ryan Poles, chief executive director of player personnel, Monty Asenfort, Titans director of player personnel, Ryan Cowden. Titans Vice President of Player Personnel, Adrian Wilson, Cardinals VP Vice President of Pro Scouting. And then while we were recording, so it is 920. We got another one? It we have two more. It was it, we are recording this at 920 PM on January 10th, 2022. For San Francisco 49ers assistant GM Adam Peters and San Francisco 49ers Director of Player Personnel Ran Carthon. So those are the two names that have been added to the list i will say i like this list so far now i didn't I haven't done any research on adrian wilson the two guys very name, but... wide net very wide net which that is the literally you could not get more opposite from 2018 but is it bad bobby i want to be excited about this but i'm not you should be you should be i th- i think you should be excited about the gm search because it's like we we can't control what happens with joe judge that is true. i think we are interviewing some good gms and i think we might get a good gm It'd be lucky because John Mayer's an idiot, but I think being excited about the new GM is fine, unless we get Lewis Riddick. It's or Scott I don't, Pioli. I don't think they. I don't think they're going to interview Lewis Riddick. Um, I think what Jordan Ronan said is that uh, the wide net and the wide casting of candidates is going to continue, which is kind of bizarre. Like literally, this is the opposite of 2018. Where they they interviewed four candidates back then, and now we're we're already up to what seven, seven, eight. Um, let me let me do some let me do some counting. One, two, three. And again, three, if Joe four, Judge five, brings six, in seven. a good OC, like you know, the tune can you know you know how it goes. The tune can change on people quick. Yeah. You know, so if Joe Judge can get an OC, we like Patrick Graham. Stuff can change. So like I, it's I don't I don't have total you know I think Joe Judge should be fired, and I feel strongly about that. But I don't have total lost hope on right. Joe Judge. I want I to like Joe him. Judge. I know I, people I, hate his guts. This new GM, and here's something before we do, we'll say this again on the next pod, but there's so little info on these guys. I mean, I, you you got a lot of info on Joe Shane, but that's like the outlier. There's so little info on these guys, yeah. and you're kind of judging them on what their GM did and some interviews here and there and what other people say about them. So, you know, what I said is like, hey, I'm not going to have a huge strong opinion unless it's a TV guy or someone who's done the job before. You can say what, like, see what they've said. And these guys don't say what their moves were on purpose for this reason. 
I want to hear your opening press conference. I want to hear your vision, and I want to see you. I want to see you work it out. Yeah, you know, don't just say it like Dave Gettleman did and not do it. Put together a vision we can believe in, and follow through with that plan. And be good at drafting. Be good at player evaluation. That's that's what I will judge you on, not by and... your. Because basically, what we have is these guys' LinkedIn accounts and a story here and there. And fire Chris Pettit. I do think, by the way. I'm going to put it out there right now. We're doing GM candidates on Friday, on either Thursday or Friday show. We're going to wait and see how many guys that they interview. And if we get a sense that the GM hiring may be coming, then we'll record sooner with the candidates episode. So then we can, you know, we'll, we'll play it by ear, but we're going to have a, we're going to have a GM candidates episode. So I am going to put it out there right now. I do think Joe Shane is going to get it. I think Joe Shane's going to get the GM job um, from stuff we've heard the last few weeks connections. Um, hell, I might even think the Giants O-line coach might be coming from Buffalo. We know that Judge loves Dabble and tried to get him the last two years, and Dabble even wanted to come. Yeah. Yep. So that is, that'll excite me. You know, and again, if Joe Judge gets the right OC, you get a couple offensive line. Not expecting the offense to be good next year, but it can be average. And you get this offense average. Here we go again. Defense, I said the same thing about this year. <laughs> I know. But they're making changes this year. Oh, okay. Um, well, they are. They're hiring a new GM. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I, and I a new offensive coordinator. I know. I'm just trying which to. Which are two very important pieces. Debbie so Donner. I'm not. I'm not saying to expect it, but it's not unreasonable to have yeah. some excitement about the future with the new GM, especially if it's like I like Joe Shane. Yeah, Joe Shane seems like the real deal. Out of the seven guys, I mean, I would. I mean, just looking off the titles, it's San Francisco 49ers assistant GM Adam Peters and Joe Shane, who's the Bill, who's the Bills assistant GM. Those are the two assistant GMs that have been interviewed and I think I mean I gotta look at Adam I'm, I'm not gonna at least with Joe Shane he is the most qualified out of all those guys based off of the experience the years of experience that he has working in player development and also college scouting and then also being an assistant GM where this is the only the second assistant GM that they have interviewed so that's why I'm kind of siding with him I have to look at Adam Peters's resume to say is he more qualified but um, it's good that they're, I want them interviewing without doing a ton of research. I think I would like Joe Shane more than Ed Dodds. Cause you did a very good video, a lot of research. They rebuilt that bills in the way they did things. Yes. And Joe so Shane was a big I want to save that. that point. I'm going to save that right, point. Right, you can so go we'll, on, uh, you can go on the talking giants YouTube channel. I did a whole about 11 and a half minute video on Joe Shane and what he's about. But also if you don't want to watch that video, I'm literally going to say the same thing, similar things on the next podcast when we do GM candidates. All right. Appreciate you guys following along this season. Uh, and you know what? The season's over. We're on the off season. No more thank yous. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the next episode, either Thursday or Friday. Hell, even Wednesday if we get some fucking crazy-ass news. Uh, so we do appreciate I need to stop cussing. I've been cussing too much on the podcast. Oh, one other thing I wanted to say. Talking Giants is a family. And one of our family members, Fiddy Smalls, there's a family member. Uh, her first name's Olga. I won't give you more details, but they're going through some stuff. So I just wanted to uh, let her know that we're thinking about her, praying for uh, her and the family. Um, again, I do I do view Talking Giants as a, a community more so than just a, you know, a, you know, Bobby and Justin from three to six. So we appreciate you guys. And when I say that, I mean it. We'll see you on the next pod. Until then, let's go big. Blue.